Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the Celtic Whiskey Pod. I'm Al Higgins, your host, and this week we're heading on up to the Antrim coast for a talk with Bushmills master blender Helen Mulholland. Helen has worked at the distillery since the 1990s and has a strong background in food science. She has worked with some amazing characters since then and over the years her sensory skills have been honed and refined to perfection. She now heads the blending operations at the distillery and in 2020 we saw the fruits of her work with the release of an exciting new range, the Causeway Collection. This was seen by many whisky enthusiasts as a long overdue release of single cask whiskies and has re-established Bushmills as one of the quality leaders when it comes to Irish single malt whisky. Luke Crowley Holland from the Celtic Whiskey Bar in Killarney joins me for this conversation as we talk about the changes at Bushmills, the expansion plans, the people behind the whisky and the amazing inventory of cast types that are currently maturing in their warehouses. As always, we hope you enjoy the conversation. We covered some very interesting topics and it has certainly reignited my love for the distillery. Slauncher for now. You're listening to the Celtic Whiskey Pod, the home of unchill filtered conversation. Helen, uh, welcome to the Celtic Whiskey Pod. It's very good to have you here with us today. Um, thank you for giving us your time. Um, I was wondering if you could start by telling us what got you into whiskey and how you went from studying food science to becoming a master blender at Bushmills. Uh, thank you, firstly, for, for having me on today. I mean, what better way is there to spend some time and talking about whiskey? Uh, I started my career in the drinks industry a lifetime ago. Uh, I joined Bushmills as a student studying food technology around about 1990 and 91. And I worked my placement in the distillery laboratory. And it was there my love of whiskey started. Uh, I returned to Bushmills after completing my master's thesis uh, or my master's degree with my thesis based on on the maturation of of whiskey and wood. So there there never was really going to be any other industry for me. I think after you've experienced the whiskey world, there's nothing comes close to it. Um, you, you become immersed in, in this this wonderful, wonderful world. Uh, like, I mean, Bushmills sits on, on the very, very north coast in a, an area of outstanding natural beauty. And the, the distillery itself is stunning. Uh, I mean, every day I actually park in one of our outside visitor car parks so that I can I can walk in through the ornate gates, and as soon as you turn the corner, um, you actually see our, our reservoir and the waterfall from it, the the stone warehouses and the whitewashed buildings, and and they're all overseen by the the magnificent pagoda towers, um, and it's really a, a view that that inspires me every day, and and a, a view that you you could never ever tire from. Um, I was incredibly lucky in that my early career I was based in in the laboratory and this is the best learning curve you could ever have for um, how you learn to to work with the raw materials the the process and and the people and and the people are really the most the most important part of the distillery because they're they're their living breathing part and and incredible crafts people um, and this this led me through after various many many years of of quality environment health and safety compliance rules. Um, I became the master blender over fifteen years ago, um, and it's an incredible role. And every day is different. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm responsible for creating all the recipes of the Bushmills brands, uh, from our high yeast single malts through to our. our very special malts 
Um, so it, it's it's a, it's a one in a million rule. Yeah. There's been quite a few changes in that time then since you, you started, you know, what was it, three changes of ownership since then? And a yes. lot of people come and gone. A, a lot of people come and go. You, you actually, whenever you're at Bushmills, you, you never think there are any changes because we're, we're so much a, a single unit. We're a, a Graham to Glass distillery. So we're, we're very much a, a standalone um, site. Um, but funny that this morning when I, when I was thinking about, you know, the, the years that I've been here, um, I worked for three different companies um, yeah. and I, I worked with, with hugely inspirational and, and people and, and legends of the, the whiskey industry. Yeah. And it, it's not until you actually stop and, and you start to think because you just every day you think we all continue as normal. <laughs> um, but it, it's moments like these when you when you start to think. Um, and reflect on on all the the wonderful people and the wonderful companies that that we have worked for. Yeah, and uh, in the nineties, yeah, under the Irish Distillers ownership, you would have worked with Frank McCarty, is that right? He did indeed. Yeah, um, uh, Frank was here when I as Frank was head distiller um, yeah. when I started my career, both when I was a student and when I came back full time. And again, you know, we talk about legends of the industry. Um, I mean, what. What better one is there from Frank? And what you, what you learn from the, these incredible creative and experienced people is amazing. And the fact that they are they're more than willing to have given their time yeah. um, to, to allow, uh, you know, at that age, you know, I, I was 20, 21 and, and was just, you know, like a sponge. I was, I was just picking up <laughs> everything that, that people would, would show me. Um, yeah. But it, it's all about having worked with these craftspeople um, yeah. and the knowledge that they've imparted over the years. Um, as I say, I, I've been so lucky to have worked with, with many of the legends. Yeah, I, we had Frank on the podcast, actually. He was our second uh, guest. And craftsman is, is the way to describe him. And he, he genuinely does have that knowledge that he wants to pass on to people. He's still working in the industry, but just kind of helping out small distilleries and such like you know so he he's still keeping his hand in it which is very interesting to hear oh yes yeah. i mean uh, uh the, the knowledge that that frank could impart um i say is is incredible and, and a true gentleman um yeah. <laughs> we're, we're very lucky to have known him um are there any other people that you would find inspiring whilst you were sort of working your way up I, I gather Brendan Monks would have been quite influential at that, that sort of time as well oh gosh you're, you're mentioning all, all all the right kind of names um, anybody in the industry knows Brendan Monks um, and I was lucky to have um, accompanied him on on some of the the cask finding travels um, and again all about that that huge amount of knowledge um, if, if we could only have half or a quarter of the knowledge um, of, of these two gentlemen have, we'll be incredibly lucky. But that, again, um, was part of my the foundations of what I do. Um, and it's all about learning and, and seeing what casks can do, um, all about the richness of wood, about the, the, the effect that, that wood can have on whiskey. Um, and mainly the effect that good wood um, and the right cast can have on whiskey. Mm. Hi, um, 
Helen Luke here from the Celtic Whiskey Bar in Clarny. Um, you mentioned there um, Frank and Brendan and passing on of knowledge, and I'm sure it's a it's, it's a question that you probably get fielded a lot. You know, it can be remiss of us not to ask because I suppose your name in the industry is also synonymous with so trailblazing on a on a gender front. I'm wondering wondering how you see yourself in that role. I know um, like Rachel Blackmore um, when she won the Grand National recently. You know, she doesn't like talking about. The gender politics side of things, you know, she likes to keep it separate. And I suppose, you know, maybe there's there's some obvious um, comparisons between the horse racing industry and the whiskey industry in terms of its its domestic legacy and um, and maybe a, a, an element of it which is seen as conservative um, and kind of a, a realm of, of stodgy old men, um, which obviously is changing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> is a perception that is changing a lot, in the, particularly in the last five or so years. Do you do you see your your own role as important in that regard? I see myself as as purely a blender. When you see Rachel last weekend, um, I mean, it was just phenomenal um, and what a truly amazing achievement. Um, I make whiskey. Um, I'm not putting my life on the line there every day. Um, I just, I just am incredibly lucky to be where I am. Um, I, I do love the, the fact that that possibly you, you are in, inspiring other other people, um, but it doesn't matter whether it's male or female. Um, it's it's all about um, inspiring people to come into the, the whiskey industry. Um, when I started, the, there were only three distilleries um, in Ireland, uh, so there, there, <laughs> there were really only two blenders. <laughs> um, so it really it was about the fact that there were no jobs. Um, and as a, a blender, we, we tend to stay in role 20, 30, hopefully 40 um, years um, because it's such a, a fabulous role to be in. You, you don't want to give it up. Um, so that the movement in the, the jobs just wasn't available at that time. Mm. Um, but now with the, the opening up of the whole industry, the, the amount of... of of new blood that we're, we're getting in and the exciting new people and the knowledge of all the new entrants into the, the whiskey arena um, is an incredibly exciting place to be. Um, and yeah. again, I, 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 to quote Rachel, you know, I, I don't feel female, I don't feel male, you know, it, it's all about the, uh, the whiskey and fulfilling the potential of, of every task that we have. And I always talk about what I really want to do is create whiskeys that people enjoy um, and that we create memories with because Bushmills is all about memories. Um, again, I, I said about even when I was, I was thinking about um, today and, and what I would say, and you start to look at these memories and it's all connected with the whiskey industry. It's all connected with friends um, and really, that's that's what we want to do in, in the whole drinks industry. Um, I'm just very lucky that I get to do it. I mean, going back to to the, the people you worked with when you started, you're probably tasting whiskies now when it comes to putting together some of the older ones, where you, you open up a cask or you get a cask sample coming through and you're like, oh, right, 1995, what was I doing then? Who was I working with and that kind of thing? I can imagine that's immensely satisfying. It's almost like time travel, really, in a way. It really is. 
At Bushmills, we have about well over 400,000 casks of, of all ages. And like I'm even smiling now, whenever you, you pick, and, and I, I pick the casks that I want to sample, and you look at the ages, um, like 95 would have been Frank. And you look at the ages and you, you, you look at, at the, the incredible distillers that, that we've worked with over the years and, and the people that you were working with. And in fact, even what you were doing at home, mm, you yeah. know, <laughs> getting married, children, yeah. you know, all these memories and all intertwined with the people that, that we, we know and, and love. So, yes, it's a, a very, very lucky um, role to have. And, you know, the, there's actually a, a whole sort of weight of expectation on that role as well, because you, you are working with distillate and whiskey that has been produced um, by other people. Yeah, so you yeah. really want to make sure that it that is perfect and it, mm-hmm. it continues their professionalism and, and expertise uh, you have to do it justice yeah you you really do and we talk about you know inspirational people i work with inspirational people every single day from the the incredible distillers that we have here that work 24 7 um from the cask handling team who i torture you know on a <laughs> daily basis um <laughs> these guys they fill the casks they watch over them while they sleep in the warehouse. Um, they disgorge them and they lift all the samples in all the various warehouses um, in all states of weather for me. And because we're a, a grain to glass distillery, we also have a bottling plant yeah. um, here. So we're able to, to look over the whole process um, of Bushmills becoming alive. Um, and that's full of inspirational people. I mean, some of our engineers are here over 40 years. Wow. Um, <laughs> So it, it, it's all part of a family. So it and everybody, it's all about the pride and the passion and creating a product that that people want to see. I think all of us feel a real pride whenever we go somewhere and and we see Bushmills on a shelf. Yeah, um, and hopefully we'll see it back in the bars very soon. Amongst sort of whiskey consumers, that there's a kind of feeling that Bushmills has come alive again in a way. Uh, I think a lot of people were were seeing it as a bit of a sleeping giant over the last maybe 15 years. I, I don't know if the previous owners had a bit of a sort of misunderstanding or, or some sort of um, feeling that they didn't really know what to do with Bushmills as a brand. But under the new ownership now, it seems like there, there's a lot going on and more exciting things happening. And I think most consumers who knew, know a bit about whiskey kind of knew knew what you had in your warehouses <laughs> but the feeling amongst us was like when are we going to get to see some of this stuff you know so last year you released the, the causeway collection this is me segueing nicely into what we want to talk about next so yeah the causeway collection and now we've we've sort of heard about a new i don't know what you you'd be calling them a, a sort of wood finish uh series of blends as well so obviously there's a lot of ha- nice things happening at the, at the distillery and lots of exciting releases um could we talk a bit about the the Causeway collection? And I, I gather you were heavily involved in that. That was pretty much your your thing, wasn't it? Causeway and Causeway has been something that I've been wanting to do for the last fifteen years. And even as you know, we talked about rum early on. From when I started at the distillery, you see Caspian filled, so you you actually pick and and you pinpoint casks. 
Um, and that's what I've been doing throughout my career. The length of time it has taken to create Causeway is it has been the I mean the, the delay in, in release. It's a very exciting time for Bushmills now because everything seems to have come at once. Mm. Um, but that's because I, I wanted to create a collection of whiskies. Um, it would have been very easy to do a, a one-off special high-aged malt. But Causeway is, is really about having a collection of whiskies. It's currently, uh, the whiskies are between nine and, and 30 years and they have been matured and finished. Although, you know, when we talk about finishes, some of them are finished for 14 years. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to create the, this collection showcasing the very, very best of Bushmills because Bushmills is, is, I mean, we're a stone's throw away from the Giant's Causeway. Um, and if that isn't an inspiration, Nothing is going to be an inspiration because the causeway is kind of like our whiskies. The stones interlink with one another um, and they've become quite rounded over the years. That There's nothing actually nicer than walking along the causeway just as the sun is starting to go down. And you see the, the, the rocks in, in their most majestic of way and you see how they do become in layers they do become intertwined they are becoming rounded and that's what I think happens with our whiskey mm-hmm. um, in the fact that as it matures over the years it becomes much more rounded the flavours all interlink and what I'm wanting to create with Causeway is, is a the, the single malt perfection um, and the layers I always like a, a whiskey that Whenever you you taste it, it it brings waves of flavors, yeah. so that you can actually come back to it time and time again, and you pick up something different. That's why I, want. I wanted to create a causeway um, for every palate for everybody to enjoy, and it is it is a full collection and something that we will continue. That's good news. Yeah. Um, and then we t- we talked about well, we've just released the Caribbean rum cast finish. Yeah. Um, so along with the high-aged single malts, I also wanted to create something that that people could, you know, drink with their friends on, on, a, on a night out. Uh, and the original is, without shadow of a doubt, um, our, our highest and largest volume seller. Our original is a drink that, that everybody knows. So I wanted to take original and just do a different slant on it. So we have taken the malt um, portion from Bushmills Original and either fully matured it in rum or finished it off in rum for at least two years and combined it together so that it's it's like a an original expression. So that again is something that that we will carry on with just to create something new and and give our very, very loyal um drinkers something different and something exciting um and lucky enough it, it's all come together at the same time and 2021 is going to be as exciting as as 2020 was for us um on that that in that front uh helen you talk about the, the 15 years of of bringing causeway to it and obviously um there was the steamship ship collection before that and now this 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 caribbean rum cask finish um overall in terms of a uh, we spoke to kevin o'gorman on our first podcast and he spoke about sort of long-term kind of 40-year strategies that they employ and where they're going with their whiskey now um al mentioned the kind of the three different ownerships that you would have worked under and and 
how much are, are, are you involved in, in, in that kind of overarching kind of long-term strategy? And what are your thoughts on where the industry is going? I know we did a tasting with Seamus Lowry um, and everyone always asking as the tasting is going on, like when are we seeing more castrant? Is there going to be a castrant Bushmills 21? Is there going to be, you know, so there's, there's this constant now at the moment, this huge flurry of activity and demand from, from consumers. And, and um, how do you kind of tie that in, in terms of trends in regards to castrant, cask finishes and everything? Uh, along with with a, a more long term kind of sustainable vision for the brand. And my role as a, as a master blender is about ensuring that that there's an overarching strategy, because I, I work on a long term planning model. Again, as as Kevin will have have discussed, um, I work probably forty to fifty years out because of our high age single molds. So it's all about ensuring that that there's stock. Uh, available to continue the progression of these brands. Um, so again, probably there's times when you when you can look at the long-term planning model five times a day. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, where, where we bring sales figures in our brand team, um, our owner. Uh, so again, it can change very, very rapidly. And there's times whenever, um, again, when the strategy has been embedded in that that we now have cause we coming through we now have the the original expressions coming through with a number of, of other new product developments waiting but it's also all about ensuring that there are enough casks and liquid available to continue the incredible brands that we already have um, i mean original black red steamship and and the the 10 12 16 and 21 year old so it is it's, it's constantly accounting and working with the casks that we have, working with the, the angel share losses um, and ensuring that we have the right liquid, we have the right cask profile and we're bringing out new product development exactly when it's, it's due and when it's going to be available really. I can imagine those long-term plans were looked at quite a bit um, over the, over the last year or so when the pandemic hit <laughs> they like throw the paper up in there it's like i don't know what's happening but we'll talk again next week <laughs> yes but lucky in, in the whiskey industry we're, we're never actually in any hurry you know yourself i mean you, you set out three years before you can actually call the spirit whiskey at yeah. bushmills we we set out a lot longer than that so you know you're talking you know five years before we will actually sell um, our whiskies. So from the the initial shock um, of of the pandemic, we were able to just continue um, producing. Um, We were able to put into warehouse and we were actually able to launch Causeway. And I I think it, it really was needed during this pandemic year. There would have been thoughts that, you know, you really shouldn't launch high age single molds in a, in a pandemic year but I, I really think that it was the right thing to do because the whiskey industry is, is all about time it's all about hope um, and really we just keep building and building and building yeah I think I think it was a good move and a, a good time to do it because a lot of people are drinking at home rather than going out to drink and and they might be making a shift up in quality you know deciding they'll they'll treat themselves once a month to a nice bottle rather than you know just having a few pints and a a shot of whiskey down the pub 
So yeah, I, th- I think that's what we've seen on our website anyway. More, more people sort of trading up and, and buying uh, sort of higher quality anyway. I think so, uh, really, I mean, drinking habits have, have changed and it, it was all about the, the quality rather than, you know, being out in, in the, the pubs and all people have actually traded up. It's lovely to see that the, the cause we fulfilled that needed at that yeah. time. Um, so hopefully it will continue now once we, we actually get let out. Yeah. Obviously, like a lot of distilleries, predominantly what you have in your warehouse would be ex-bourbon and, you know, some sherry as well. Um, now, the Causeway Collection has has brought in a lot of other casts into play. Are, are there other ones you enjoy working with? Any particular cast types that you'd be fond of uh, the way it works with Bushmills? And also, you know, being owned by a tequila company, is there any sort of prospect of uh, tequila being used, tequila barrels? <laughs> oh, I'd love to tell you, Al. <laughs> <laughs> I am constantly working um, on new developments with, with cask profiling. So there there are some beautiful casks um, sitting in, in our warehouses. Um, and I have no doubt in the near future, we'll be able to talk about them. Yeah. But again, it is, it's all part of, of my role and creating these whiskies. I mean, we, we have the, this beautiful single malt that, that we produce at the distillery, and it's all about enhancing the flavours of that. Yeah. So as you say, I, I pick casts specifically um, so that they will enhance those flavours. Um, and also what I'm looking for is... Some now I, I as everybody knows me um, will tell you that that it's all about sweetness. It's all about cream, chocolate, um, all those flavors uh, with myself. So I'm also looking for different casts that are going to give me something different to yeah. to move away from my preferred profile, um, so that it gives all our consumers something to look at. But um, there are some lovely things coming. You're listening to the Celtic Whiskey Pod, the home of unchill filtered conversation. In the 90s, there were, there were some kind of uh, interesting whiskies made there that I think most of them got sold on to sort of third parties, you know, whiskies made by double distillation and some uh, crystal malt uh, stuff as well. Um, would there be any temptation that Bushmills, I know your role's master blender, but do you know of any sort of plans to? to maybe experiment a bit more with grains and, and that kind of thing? We we're always looking um, for variation. And the the crystal malt that you talked about actually formed part of the, the anniversary, the 1608 anniversary blend yeah. for the, the 400th anniversary um, and was a particular favourite of mine. So we'll perhaps leave it at that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I get what you're saying. Smashing yeah. whiskey. <laughs> That was actually my my first blend. My first um, product development was the the sixteen oh eight. Wow, it's um, a good way to start. <laughs> thank you. Um, but again, you know, I was lucky to have those components um, and those beautiful whiskies that I could use. Yeah. Um, so again, you never know what might appear. Um, what what stage is uh, the distillery at at the moment? Uh, is it working um, as as normal, sort of round the clock? Because um, I, I think it was maybe was it five years or so ago that you you ramped up production 
and and went sort of round the clock. And now there's there's plans for a new still house. Is that correct as well? That's correct. Um, I say we we are going twenty four seven. And it it is amazing. So again, once you go twenty four seven, you you have the the impact of requiring more casks requiring further warehousing. So we're, we're very busy in, in expansion plans. Um, we do have, we have a, a beautiful new distillery that is currently um, being built. Mm. Uh, and it's part of a, a, a 60 million pound investment that is going on at the minute. So that will allow us to double our production um, within the next five years. Wow. So again, exciting times and hopefully we'll, we'll be up and running in, in the latter part of the year. Yeah, that's incredible. And how many stills are there um, going to be in that still house? Do you know? Oh, again, we'll, we'll confirm everything um, later on in the year. But yeah. uh, it, it is, it's, it, it's actually, it's, it's truly beautiful to, to look at. And again, it, it's, it's an incredibly exciting time because uh, this is the, the, you know, the, the first new still house um that has has been here or so it's it, it's it's going to be worth the wait yeah it's yeah it's incredible every time i'm up at Bushmills, there seems to be something new getting built so it's usually warehousing but uh i get kind of flabbergasted every time i see the warehousing it's just like wow <laughs> how much whiskey is up there and uh yeah you're, you're you're saying about um getting the warehouse men to bring out barrels and samples i, I can imagine how how tricky that is you know when you got i don't know how many barrels would there be up there millions i would say about over four hundred thousand. Four hundred thousand. wow so uh, again it, it is it's do you know what it is it's a real crafty actually able to be to move a barrel yeah yeah um, and these this team is able to do it they're able to push barrels one-handed and turn them and it is it's it shows the years of experience and the training and the dedication to their craft, um, let alone trying to find a specific task that, that I want. <laughs> yeah, we'll start yeah. a campaign for it to become a, an Olympic sport, I think. That'd be very entertaining. <laughs> I think, you know, the, the training that, that, <laughs> that our team puts in, it should be an Olympic sport. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it would be very uh, very entertaining to watch. Yeah, get them a shot of whiskey before they start as well. <laughs> um, how how do you like to drink your whiskey? Do you, I mean, when you're in the blending room, um, I think most blenders would use ISO copita glasses. Is that what you use when you're sort of nosing? Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. and I would always nose around about twenty percent. Okay, so you reduce with water, and would that be the same with uh, tasting as well? Yes. Um, I, I know and I taste it at 20%, um, but the, the whiskey brought down with, um, whiskey or water that's been treated through at reverse osmosis. So it, it okay. creates no taste or, or changes the whiskey at all. There's no chlorine or other sort of fluorides and things in there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and that's what I, I like to know that. And I like to taste at that strength because I, I, I talk about layering, um, mm-hmm. quite a bit um, and I feel that you can pick up the, the certain layers at, at that strength and then it also allows me then to to add layers in and out at, at that kind of, of strength 
Whereas yeah. at the higher strength, I I find it more difficult um, because you, you kind of become over overpowered um, with the, the alcohol strength. Um, yeah. So I find myself that at twenty percent is is my perfect um, strength for adding, taking away, and and looking at the variant nuances within the whiskey. Yeah, I'd say like. So I want to get into what sort of creative process happens when, say, when you're putting together um, a new blend or or something like that. Um, I, I can imagine the 400th anniversary was maybe one of the more sort of complex ones to put together. Um, how long does that process take? Are you spending weeks, months or a year in, in a process of selecting cast types and... You know, is there a lot of back and forth and um, sort of testing, you know, consumer testing and things like that when you're creating something new? There is. It, it really depends. Um, there are times whenever you're, you're coming up with a, a new product that everything just clicks. Um, that, that the whiskey that, that you just initially sample um, works and you, and there's, I'd be honest, there, there's days when I'm better at my role than others. <laughs> because um, influences can come and, and go, you know, even yeah. Yeah, um, as as you probably have heard, there's lorries going by <laughs> by the window here, and there's there's sort of interruptions and things like that. And there's days when your 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 flavor perception is better than others. Yeah. Um, so there's days when it just and, and everything is it goes well. And I mean, having said that, it still can take months to create um, something new. Um, and then there's times when it actually does take years because what you're wanting is a specific flavor from a specific cask. So you're either recasking or you're just waiting for that special moment, that time when that cask is, is perfect to actually yeah. bottle. So it can last anything from months up to years. Um, and if you if you look at Causeway, it took decades mm. <laughs> um, to create. Um, so it is, it's all about and, and getting the samples. Um, I actually also like to go to warehouses. I, I love the warehouse. Um now it, it's cold um, and it's dark uh, and it's it's silent. Mm. Um, but I actually do love to go to the warehouses to see the casks, um, the position that that they're in, and you, you do you become immersed in this this whole beautiful um, flavors and and I talk about like like textures on, on liquid um, which which is really strange but but liquids do have different um, mouth feels different textures and things like that so yeah. once I have the samples it's, it's all about working with them um, like I, I sometimes say you know you, you feel like you're a bit of a, a conductor in, in an orchestra because you you have all the wonderful flavors that must work in, in, in harmony mm. um, but there, there uh, again, there, there are a couple of, of top performers that are always going to be the first, you know, that are going to come in and, and, and out. Um, but again, it's it's all a, a wonderful process because 
you, you never know how it, the liquid in a cask is going to come out. Uh, I'm a, a, a scientist, really, allegedly, by education. <laughs> um, and, you know, cask science, it should be a science because you're, you know, you're putting the exact same liquid in um, yeah. to the exact same wood, so it should come out the same. But it's all, it's an art as well. And it's all about working with those specific casks. Like the casks are, are living, breathing things. Um, whenever you walk into the warehouse and, and you see them either in their racks or they're, or they're palletized, and you you think, gosh, they, you know, they're expanding and contracting and, and working, you know, intermingling and, and the, the, the molecules are all working together and, and creating these wonderful um, sensory flavor compounds. Mm. Um, there's no, there's no industry like it. There's no role like it. It's, it's all about creating wonderful flavors. Um, and you make me want to reach for a, a whiskey now. After talking <laughs> about all of those amazing things going on. <laughs> well, it's, 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 we're speaking very eloquently there, Helen. It does take you a way to transport you. But in, in that regard, in terms of those flavors and 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 that inspiration. Um, and, and those the, the kind of components you're looking for outside of whiskey, let's say in, in the spirit world, is there, is there other industries um, that kind of are similar that you can draw inspiration from? I know like, like sort of, like I was talking to some customers recently about Calvados and Cognac, and they were saying they couldn't get over the value in 20 year old Calvados and, you know, that have gone through a very similar process in terms of wood maturation, everything, but are a fraction of the price, but are, are also recognizable. You pick up wood flavors that you're like, Oh, that's very much like a Bushman 16 or something. Is there, is there spirits outside of, of, of whiskey, Irish whiskey or scotch that you, that you take inspiration from in that regard? All of the, all of the sort of fortified wines that, that I, I work with, um, you know the the ports, the Madeiras. Um, if you if you look again at, at Causeway, you know the 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 selection of, of fabulous casts that have come from those industries that that require that that maturation in wood, um, and it's all about. I, I talk about all you know. You, you're always learning from various industries. I mean, I mean, Bushmills has been going for like over 400 years but you can always learn something from these various industries and you can definitely always learn something from these industries on their wood management mm. um, and that's what I think is, is so fabulous about the drinks industry is that there is this this relationship between all all distilleries all producers of the drinks industry in that they will work together and, and are more and generous with their time um, and, and helping others and this this whole um, teaching and, and the fact that it is about handing down generation to generation this knowledge. Um, so, yes, look, I mean, I, I love looking at, at all those other industries um, and the, the experts that they have and how they, they work with, with the wood and the casks. It's, it's quite sad, really, in the fact that this is how I spend my time off. Is actually, <laughs> <laughs> it's actually looking at and reading these these other industries. Yeah. Um, and I know that my my family kind of despair at times, but <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I just, <laughs> yeah, that's not sad at all. I think I think there's a lot of people 
listening who can relate to that. I'm sure myself and I'll do the same thing in yeah. regards to, you know, our day job is drinks industry related. And then we do come home and have a, a you know, another drop of alcohol and, and nerd out over something else, you know? So it's, it's definitely relatable, I think. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, because when, when you even, when you look at our, our aged brands, um, our, our, our beautiful single malts, you know, taking Causeway out, out of the whole um, sort of um, season or 10-year-old, all about bourbon and, and sherry, those, those beautiful sherry casts that, that create that, that lovely dried fruit flavour. Mm. You look at Blackbush, again, bourbon and sherry, but it's, it's the sherry content that, that gives it that, that complexity, that, that impact. Mm. Um, or 16-year-old, matured in both bourbon and sherry. And then when it's, it's 16, it's placed into port casks yeah. um, and finished in, in port. So, you know, you're talking triple woods. So it's, it's all about the port gives that, that beautiful ruby red color. It gives that, that complexity coming through. I think it even sort of gives it that, that sort of that leather note coming off. Yeah. The dried fruit all comes from there. And then you look at the 21-year-old. Um, it's funny, like, again, I smile at the 21-year-old because it, I think it, it's it's taste of Christmas. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's matured for 19 years in, in bourbon and sherry and then for at least two in Madeira. And the Madeira gives it this big Christmas cake flavours. Um, it brings the, the fruit peel through. And, you know, it's incredible that you know, alcohol and, and a, you know, a, a beautiful wines and things can create such a wonderful impact in our whiskey. Um, and it, it's all about collaboration and it's all about learning. Yeah, I suppose that's uh, really well put. And I suppose it also, you know, it, it, you mentioned the kind of history and it, the, the wine, the fortified wine side of things really, you know, it, it ties in with the history of, of, of Irish consuming of, of alcohol and, and Irish distillation. And it also... It's it's a it's a constant reminder that that the Irish whiskey industry is also an outward looking thing because we can become very insular looking in terms of the the history, the spirit, and how long we've been distilling for, and and all these kind of you know the grain and type of things. Whereas the 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 exchange with with the sherry casks, and then you know as we import the sherry and then the export of the, of that whiskey shows that this is a a global outward looking project at its heart. You know, um, in that regard, I got a, a bit of a, a cheeky question here, Helen, where do you fall in the, in the, you mentioned 400 years there when you were talking in terms of the 1608 and the label and the, the 1784. Um, do you have a, an opinion on that? Well, we were granted the license um, to distill in the area in 1608. <laughs> I think that's all we'll cover today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very diplomatic there. I think we'll finish up in a minute, but maybe you could maybe tell us what's your favourite Bushmills and do you have a, a favourite whiskey that isn't Bushmills or a favourite style of whiskey even that isn't Irish? Um, my favourite Bushmills, um, that's a cruel thing to ask. Um, <laughs> what's your, who's your favourite child? That's a great question to ask someone who's like, yeah. don't make me... I love the single malts. I mean, as, as you've heard me talk continuously, um, today Causeway is is one of the loves of my life. Yeah. Um, uh, everything about the, the, the single malts, 
um, I, I really do adore. Um, however, the Caribbean rum blend at the minute is is a particular favourite um, yeah. because it's so incredibly versatile um, in that, and especially coming into this time of the year, um, if, if the weather would take up and we, we get out and we barbecue, um, the, the Caribbean rum is fantastic on its own, great with ice, but it's, it's also very good in cocktails. Um, I have been known to partake in, in, in the highball uh, cocktail <laughs> of it. <laughs> Well, that was going to be my next question. Do you have a favourite whiskey cocktail? So, yeah. Uh, definitely. It's, it's the Caribbean rum highball at the moment. Yeah. Um, I I like things that you can actually just put together quite quickly. Um, yeah. and, and the highball is just, it's lovely because of the sweetness of, of the um, the Caribbean rum finish uh, just works incredibly well with with um you know the, the citrus flavors and things like that it's incredibly refreshing so it's it's probably number one at, at the moment um, and now if if we could get some decent weather i'm, I'm looking out here <laughs> at dark clouds and it's starting to rain but um at least we have hope of sunshine with the caribbean rum let's hope we get some this this summer um i, I was i think blown away by the the causeway um collection ones i tried so I, i'll put them as, as my favorite the the 1995 and the was it 2008 the the muscatel one yeah i thought the muscatel was almost almost as good as the malaga so um yeah i thought they were excellent i don't know if luke has a favorite do you luke um yeah well, i mean we we're very lucky in the down the celtic whiskey bar and Clarny. we have a huge collection of, of older bushmills and there's some very old um, Black Bush from maybe 10, 15 years ago, some of the first releases of the 21, some of the in the older bottlings from around 2004, 2005. And the, the Malaga sort of causeway has that kind of that distinctive flavor that's like could only have come from a like a distiller from the 80s and 90s in Bushmills, like you don't get it in modern whiskies. And, and I suppose that's the, the kind of Bushmills characteristic I love. So for that regard, it would be some of those older Black Bushes or 21s or that, that, that Malaga, the, the 1995 uh, causeway. Um, really special whiskey, I thought. Thank you. Um, as I say, that the cause we really is, is about creating um, a whiskey for everyone. So when we had the 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 nineteen ninety five, you know those, those big deep flavors. Um, again, talking about textures, you know, it, it is it's like a big, thick, wonderful toffee whiskey. Um, the Muscatel, you know perfume, floral, all those bramble hedges and things like that. Yeah. Um, so the joy is is creating those different flavours um, and, and producing those kind of whiskies. So I'm, I'm absolutely delighted that you liked them and, and thank you for saying that. Well, look forward to the, the next editions that come, uh, that come our way. So um, Helen, thank you so much for giving us your time today it's been a pleasure talking to you and learning about everything at Bushmills um that there are a few interesting things that you've managed to keep secret but uh we'll look forward to them thank you so much thanks Helen thanks you're listening to the Celtic Whiskey Pod the home of unchill filtered conversation once again thank you to Helen and indeed to everyone at Bushmills for helping set up this episode of the podcast 
It's great to hear that we can expect to see the range expand with more of those cask finishes and special releases. The future looks bright for Bushmills, and that can only mean more great whiskey for us all to try. Remember that you can find the whole range and more at CelticWhiskeyShop.com or in our shop on Dawson Street in Dublin. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you stream it from. Also, if you have any questions or suggestions for future episodes, then please send us a message. Slauncher for now, and we'll talk to you soon on the next episode. Mm-hmm.